Welcome to the St. Barnabas Pocket Sermon Podcast. The sermon you're about to listen to is by the Reverend Karen Haig from the fifth Sunday in Easter. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Here on this fifth Sunday in Easter, we're taken back to Monday, Thursday, the night before Jesus died. We will spend three weeks on this last night of Jesus' life. It's interesting that we're not hearing more of the resurrection stories. Fishermen casting their nets on the other side of the boat, breakfast on the beach, Paul's experience of Jesus on the Damascus Road. No. These last three Sundays of Easter, we return to the night before Jesus died, the night he tried to say goodbye, the night he gave the new commandment, to love one another as he loves us. I'm actually grateful for the return to that night because on that one single night, Jesus gave us pretty much everything we need to live as his followers in the world today. Yes, his three years of life and ministry were very important for our learning and for creating the pattern of our own lives. But on that last night, when there was so little time left, when Jesus knew he was about to die, he poured his heart out, even as he prepared his disciples for life without him, even as he said his last goodbyes. Many of us have been in that place, saying goodbye to someone we know will soon die. It is the tenderest of times, holy, really. All pretense falls away, and only love remains. 
and so we say the things that matter most. And what matters most always seems to be about love, about relationship. Abide in me as I abide in you. What do those words mean to you? Abide in me as I abide in you. What would it mean for you to abide in Jesus as he abides in you? Some of you have heard me tell of an experience I had in Berkeley in the Rose Garden many years ago. My mother had recently died and I was missing her terribly. A very wise woman once told me that losing your mother is an umbilical event. You're left untethered, floating around in the universe when our mother dies, regardless of what sort of relationship we've had with her. We come untethered in a way we could never have imagined. And that is precisely how I felt on that warm afternoon in the Rose Garden. I was all alone and praying one of those ineloquent but deeply meaningful and honest prayers. I am so sad. I miss my mom. As I sat there alone, the warm breeze blowing and the fragrance of a thousand roses wafting over me, I felt the presence of the divine. Though my eyes were closed, I could see Jesus sitting on the bench next to me. He sat, leaning forward a little, elbows on his knees, thumbs pointed upwards. His head was tilted toward me as though he was listening very, very carefully. I'm so sad, I prayed. And then Jesus just slid over on the bench, not right next to me, but into me. Abide in me, he said, as I abide in you. I think of that afternoon each time I hear Jesus say, abide in me as I abide in you. Live in me as I live in you. There's so, something so intimate in those words, something beautifully conveyed in the way Jesus talks about the vine grower, the vine and the branches. All are intertwined. All are deeply relational. And all making very clear our absolute dependence on Jesus, the vine, and the Father, the vine grower. It is all so close. It's intimate, really. It's very important for us to sink into that intimacy as we hear the words of this passage, because without that intimate, abiding, loving relationship Jesus speaks of and wants with us, some of his words can sound harsh, even threatening. 
I am the true vine and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. That is a scary thought. You see, without that sense of intimacy, without the experience of God's boundless love for us, it would be easy to hear those words as prescriptive rather than descriptive. Jesus is not saying the Father will cut us off and throw us into the fire to die. He is describing what we feel like, what we experience when we are out of relationship with him, out of relationship with the Father. He is describing our experience when we won't abide in him as he abides in us. He is not saying, if you don't abide in me, you'll be thrown into the fire to die. While others have used those words to threaten and intimidate, Jesus doesn't use those words or any words to do that. The truth is, we do wither and fade and maybe even die a little when we don't take in the boundless love Jesus offers, when we distance ourselves from his forgiveness and grace, when we don't allow ourselves to abide in him as he abides in us. This abiding is what allows us to bring God's reconciling love into the world, to bear the fruits of God's kingdom. Jesus tells us God will prune the fruit-bearing branches, that would be us, so that we will bear more fruit. That, too, sounds a bit intimidating. Pruning is hard, not just because it takes skill and understanding to know what to prune when and how much and how often, but because it means cutting off things that are alive and still growing. I am a terrible pruner. I don't mind weeding or clearing out the dead stuff, but it is nearly impossible for me to cut back growing, living things. Still, I am learning that careful pruning, pruning that takes into account the particularity and uniqueness of each rose or shrub or fruit tree, that sort of pruning really does make things stronger, really does result in more and better fruit. I've seen it in my own garden and in my own life, which makes the pruning God would do in my life more desirable, even when it's hard. I have come to understand that when Jesus talks about pruning, He's talking about loving and growing and abiding ever more deeply in God because, he says, apart from God, we can do nothing. I've thought a lot about that this week. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. There are a lot of good people doing great good work in the world who are not Christians, 
or people of any faith at all. So how can it be that apart from Jesus, one can do nothing? We need to remember that Jesus is talking to his followers, and these particular followers were feeling pretty beaten down. For Jesus to say that apart from him they could do nothing was to remind them that with him they could do everything. For those of us who are Christians, acknowledging God as the source of our everything is a profound confession of faith. And while we don't always behave as though we believe that apart from Jesus we can do nothing, I believe our desire to live that way is real. Living as though we can do nothing apart from Jesus isn't just countercultural, it's very difficult. In part because we tend to forget who and whose we, beloved children of God, are. And in part because we live in a world where being in control of our own destiny, being self-made women or men, is the highest goal. But nobody is self-made. And the people who clamor and climb and step on anyone in their way to get to the top couldn't get there without the help and support of others, even the ones they've hurt. If we have learned nothing else in this time of pandemic, of racial injustices, of divisive rhetoric and unabashed violence and hate, we have learned that we really are all interconnected, that we really are all in this together, which is just another way of saying that to love our neighbor knowing everyone is our neighbor. To love our neighbors as ourselves is to recognize that our neighbor is ourself. To recognize that really we are all one. And what makes us one is God's abiding love in us and for us and our abiding in the God who is that love. When we hear it that way, we begin to see how every good thing we are and every good thing we do really does depend on God living and loving through us. When we hear it that way, we can be sure that because everything we do really does depend on Jesus, everything we do will bear the fruit of love, which is God's desire for us and for God's beautiful, broken, and beloved world. Amen. Amen.